Now broadcasting from Suitland, Maryland, USA, Abiding Truth with Dr. McCune, an outreach of Suitland Road Baptist Church. Please visit us at www.srbcoutreach.org. And now, here's our pastor, Dr. Calvin M. McCune. God for his word. Thank God for blessing us. Today's message is coming from Genesis chapter 28, verses 10 to 22. Jacob's Ladder. That's a good title. Jacob's Ladder. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to bless us. Thank you, Father. We give you praise and we give you thanks. And we ask, O Holy Spirit, Lord, that you will bless us. Give us understanding from your word. Speak to us, Lord, your truth. We humble ourselves before you. Please give us receptive hearts, Lord Jesus, to receive everything that you desire for us to receive. And then speak to us, Father, personally. Help us, Lord, to not only open our hearts, but to hear your voice, your conviction in our souls. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Genesis chapter 28 and verses 10 says, Now Jacob went out from Bathsheba and went towards Haran. Between Bathsheba and Haran, God will, Jacob will have an encounter with the Lord. So he came to a certain place and stayed there all night <coughs> because the sun had set. And he took one of the stones of that place and put it at his head and lay down in that place to sleep. Then he dreamed. So God was giving him a dream. And God spoke in time past and gave men visions and dreams. And behold, a ladder was set up on the earth, and its top reached to heaven. And there the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. It, must, it had to be an amazing dream. Because Jacob is having this experience in this dream in which there is a portal from earth to heaven. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham your father, and the God of Isaac. And there God is telling Jacob, Jacob, I am God, Yahweh, who made a covenant with you. A promise to your grandfather. And a promise to your father. The land on which you lie, I will 
give to you and your descendants or to your seed. Also, your seeds or your descendants shall be the dust of the earth. So God will raise them up as a great nation. You shall spread abroad to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. And in you, all your seed, all the, and in your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. God is establishing the same covenant that he made with Jacob's grandfather, Abraham. And God says, I will raise up a great nation through you. The same covenant that we come to understand from which a promise that Messiah will come. But before we consider verses 13 and 14, I would like us to spend some time on verses 12. In the dream, the actual the essence of this dream, what was happening in this dream. A ladder was set up on the earth and on top, and its top reached to heaven. And there the angels of God were ascending and descending. And God did not come down the ladder. He is having an insight of heaven. And he's seeing God in heaven. What is the meaning of this ladder? Let's turn to John. John chapter 1. In John chapter 1, our Lord Jesus, in speaking to Nathaniel, he says something. John chapter 1. In John chapter 1 and verses 32 first, I'm going to read that first. And John, John 1, 32. And John bore witness saying, I saw the Spirit. This is John the Baptist. John the Baptizer. Descending from heaven like a dove. And he remained upon him. I did not know him, but he who set him to be baptized with water said to me, Upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remain on him, this is he who baptized with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. And we have this descending aspect of the Spirit of God coming upon Jesus. And our Lord Jesus saying that he will baptize us with the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 1, verses 8, of course, our Lord Jesus told them that they, they shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come and we will be witnesses to him in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, unto the ends of the earth. And he told them to wait until the promise of the Father, which is the Holy Spirit. But let's happen down to verse 43. The following day, Jesus went, 
John 1, 43. The following day, Jesus went to go to Galilee, and he found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming towards him and said to him, Behold, an Israelite indeed in whom there is no deceit, no falsehood. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered and said to him, Behold, before Philip called you when you were under the tree, the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered and said to him, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus answered and said to him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree. Do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And here it is in verse 51. And he said to him, Jesus said to Nathanael, Most assuredly, I say to you, hereafter you shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Here is Jacob's dream. This angel of God, the angels of God, ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. God, at that moment, is allowing Jacob to understand God's covenant that Messiah will come. The promise to the seed. And that the ascending and descending has to do with Jesus, who is the Son of God, who will represent us before the Father. And since Jesus is our eternal high priest and he is interceding on our behalf, that ascending and descending of Jacob also represents our prayer life with our Lord Jesus. And since the Holy Spirit whom Jesus has given us is leading us and teaching us how to pray, that dream that Jacob had also represents the movement of the Holy Spirit inside of us, leading us to experience this relationship with Christ, this prayer relationship. Let's get back to Genesis 28 and verse 13. And behold, the Lord, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord, God of Abraham, your father, the God of Isaac, in the land in which you lay, I will give to you and your descendants. All your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. You shall spread them out abroad to the west and to the east, to the north, to the south. And in you and in your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And just as the promise that God made, 
to Abraham, his grandfather, God is saying to him, through that seed, something is going to happen. Someone is going to come. And there will be a great blessing. Now I want us to turn to Galatians. Turn to Galatians chapter 3. Turn to Galatians chapter 3. <clears throat> and verses 16 is one of those 316 verses. Galatians 316. Now to Abraham and his seed would a promise made. He does not say unto seeds as of many, but as of one unto your seed, who is Christ. That seed is Jesus. The latter represents the very presence of Jesus among us, being in our form and yet God, representing us before the Father, authenticated by the coming of the Holy Spirit. And then our Lord Jesus, being in heaven, interceding on our behalf, and we being filled, sealed with the Holy Spirit at the moment we put our faith in Jesus Christ, and then being filled with the Holy Spirit, who bears witness that we are God's children and the Holy Spirit then leading us to experience a life of prayer and then a life of being testimony as to who Jesus is. Jacob's ladder. It reminds us, saints, that God is faithful. God is faithful. What he promised through his grandfather he promised through his father Isaac, and now he is making the same covenant promise to Jacob. Observe that in verses 13, God says, I will give to you and your descendants. He says, what I said to your grandfather, what I said to Abraham, it is God, it's an unconditional covenant. It is what God is doing. And in our lives, God is doing a work in us. Verses 15 says, Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land. For I will never leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. What a blessed assurance. What a blessed assurance that we have. The same God, our God Almighty, has said that to us today. We, his people, when we put our faith in Jesus. I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 28. Before we read, let's go back and read verse 15. Keep your place in Matthew 28 and verse 15 again in Genesis 28, behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go. I will bring you back to this place for I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. And God is with us. The Bible tells us that when we put our faith in Jesus Christ, when we hear the gospel, when we believe, we are sealed with God's Holy Spirit. God will never leave us. The same promise God made to us under the new covenant 
Only now we have the fulfillment of Jacob's ladder. Jesus is now the portal to heaven. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The only way to the Father is through Jesus. In Matthew 28 and verses 19, Jesus says, go therefore. Well, let's begin from verses 18. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Jesus has all authority. Jesus is the fulfillment of that dream, of that ladder dream. He has all authority. The seed came. The seed, the promise that was made to Jacob's grandfather, Abraham. The seed who is Christ came. All authority has been given to Jesus in heaven and on earth. And based on that, he says to, he is saying to us right now, go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. We will go all over the world, and we will make disciples. That's why a few months ago we were in South Africa. And who knows where else God will take us next. But wherever he leads, that's where we will go. That's why we went out in the streets from door to door yesterday. And we go to the malls and we go in people's homes. We keep going. Because all authority has been given to Jesus. And we are going on the premise that Christ has all authority. And the Bible does tell us that... The, the angels are ministering to us. And yes, they're still ascending and descending in the sense that God says, I'll send my angels as ministering spirits to those who are being saved. They're ministering to us personally concerning God's salvation. And most important, the Holy Spirit is inside of us. Remember John said that Jesus will baptize us with his spirit. Oh, Jacob's ladder has been fulfilled. That, that dream is about Jesus and our relationship with the Father through Christ Jesus, the Holy Spirit in us, leading us to pray. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. God says to Jacob and God says to Abraham, I will bless you with a great nation and that nation will be throughout the world. Here is a greater blessing that came through Christ. God is, God is not sending his people, a nation throughout the world. God is sending his gospel throughout the nations of the world. The gospel is for all the nations of the world. That's the difference. The gospel is for everyone. That's why the Bible says Jesus is commanding us here to go. The world belongs to the Lord. The nations belong to God. And Jesus died for the nations. And we are going in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.
When we pray, we pray to the Father in the name of the Son and by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's Jacob's ladder. And we have a focus when we go. Teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. We will keep on teaching them. Is that participle structure there? And here is a glorious promise. As in Genesis 28 and verse 15. He says, And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. God is with us. God is with us. He will never abandon us. He has all power, all authority Jesus has, and his power is working in us, and he will never leave us. Let's go back to Genesis chapter 28. Then Jacob awoke from, the, from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place. That is none other. This is none other than the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven, which is telling us he saw God and he is worshiping God. became the house of God. Then Jacob rose early in the morning and took the stone that he had put on his head, set it as a pillar, and poured oil on top of it. He made a monument, a dedication to God, and he called the name of the place Beth El, the house of God, the house of Elohim. And the name of the city had been, at that time, it was Luz. Previously, God can change a name. It changed because he had an encounter with God. Now, look at verses 20 now. I want us to pay attention to 20. Then Jacob made a vow saying, If God will be with me and keep me in this way, that I am going and give me bread to eat and clothing to put on so that I come back to my father's house in peace. Then the Lord shall be my God. I am going to continue to worship him. God has commanded us to go and make disciples. He has given us his spirit. We have to have a perspective. God gave us an opportunity in that prayer, that relationship of the ladder to worship God, to come before him in the name of Jesus. But when we pray, how do we pray? How should we pray? And here lies one of the great lessons from Jacob, perhaps the greatest lesson concerning how we should pray. Concerning personal needs. I want you to turn to 1 Timothy. And let's see the parallels here between Jacob's prayer. And how God is, in, is instructing us. Or how he has instructed us to pray. 1 Timothy chapter 6. 
First Timothy, chapter six. First Timothy, chapter six, and I'm going to read from verses six. Well, let's go back first and look at look at Jacob's prayer. So let's go back first. I want you to turn back. Go right back to Genesis. Jacob is praying. And he says, then Jacob made a vow, made a promise to God. Genesis 28, 20. If God be with me and keep me in this way that I am going and give me bread. That's what he's asking for. Just give me bread, dear God, and give me clothing to put on. He's not saying, oh, dear God, if you give me a humongous mansion to show your power, and I can tell others how great you are because you have to give me more than everybody else has. He says, God, who I am is the fact that I saw heaven. And you just reinstated a covenant with me. What is greater than that? All I need, Father, is bread. And all I need is clothing. Jesus told us to go and make disciples. And we have a relationship with God the Father through Jesus Christ. Question is, what do we need? God has already provided the best for us. Our relationship with Jesus. And so in 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verses 6. Now godliness with contentment is great gain. That's what God says. We have the Holy Spirit. We have our Savior who have, he has all authority. He is inside of us. We have a reason for living to go and make disciples. And how should we pray? God says, live godly and be content. That's what you do. We live godly and we be content. That will keep our eyes on the gospel. We brought nothing in this world. And asserting we can carry nothing out. When we have food and we have clothing, with these, like Jacob, we shall be content. There's a danger when we lose sight of God's calling. Church, this is our predicament in the Western world. The church has lost sight of its calling. The church is currently caught up in asking God for all type of things instead of focusing on what God has already given us. We wonder why the church is not going out and evangelizing. Because believers are busy praying about themselves. Instead saying, thank you, Jesus, that I am saved and you have opened up the portal to heaven, who is Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And you want the world to know people need to be born again before they die. 
the devil has deceived the church in the Western world, and the church is now distracted and consumed with wealth. will not be able to take that wealth to heaven. When you die, it will stay right here. The devil is after the desire, and the devil, praise God, Jacob, Satan, could not get into his desire at this point to change because he focused on God. That's why he dedicated that place to God. That's why it's called Bethel. Are you following that? It speaks of Jacob's heart. It speaks that when God spoke, he heard the voice of God. He heard the divine calling of God. Those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts which drove men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all kind of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith, even drift away from the calling of Jesus to go and make disciples in their greediness and pierce themselves through with many sorrows. And you see, when we focus on what God is doing, like Jacob did, God, you made a covenant. God, you spoke to me. God, you give me a dream. God, you open heaven. God, you send your angels ascending and descending. God, you are the top in heaven. Yahweh, you said, I am. In other words, Yahweh, Elohim, you are speaking. God, you're telling me, this is what you said to my grandfather. God, you said that you'll raise up a great nation. God, you said a promise will come to everyone. God, you said you will be with me. Jacob responds, this place, surely this is God. And if I have to make a vow and if I have to make a prayer request, all I need, God, after all of that is just food and clothing. That's all I need. Don't need to be distracted. All I need is food and clothing. Same thing today. Nothing has changed under the sun. Anyone that want to experiment with it, anyone that want to rationalize with it, anyone that want to say surely and lie to themselves and say surely God wants me to be wealthy, Anyone that wants to play with it, not one person that have taken that journey have not regretted it. Not one single Christian around the entire planet throughout the history of the church have not regretted it. It brings sorrow. Who says it will bring sorrow? God said it will bring sorrow. We dare not call God a liar. God guarantees it's going to bring sorrow. It's going to bring sadness. It might stimulate the soul at the beginning, isn't it? Oh, desire, nice things. God says it's going to bring sorrow. Because it's going to distract the heart and the soul 
from focusing on Jesus. That's what it will do. And that's the work of the enemy. God, thank you for saving me, Jesus. Right? Thank you, God, that when I die, I will be in heaven. Thank you, God, for the peace of knowing absent from this body is to be in your very presence. There is no waiting somewhere else. Thank you, God, that you have given me your spirit. Oh, that's the person of the Holy Spirit. What else do we need? God, thank you that you're giving me life. Not just to live, but to tell others that you are my Savior and you are their Savior. A purpose for living. Purpose for living. How miserable life will be if we don't have a purpose. We have a divine purpose. And God, the same thing you said to Jacob, thank you, God, Lord Jesus, that you are my high priest. You're in heaven interceding on my behalf. Oh, dear God, thank you, God, that you send your angels to minister to me as ministering spirits. Thank you, God, I can worship you the way Jacob worshiped God. That's why he poured the oil. He's worshiping God. I can worship you in spirit and in truth. And you said, such the Father is seeking those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. And thank you, God, like Jacob. After all of that, why demand anything material? Why? After all of that, God, all I need is food and clothing. And you give me health so I can tell others. Are you following that? Because if I get caught up in material things, I will, it will be a trap. It's going to bring misery and pain. And besides that, God, when I die, when I'm in the casket, None of that would matter. The only thing that I can take with me to heaven, and I will not be taking them, they will be the fruit of my labor, is when I tell others that you are their Savior, and when they die, they will be in heaven also. When we get in heaven, we'll not fellowship with our wealth. We'll fellowship with saints that we reach out and minister to. When I get to heaven, the brother... A few months ago in South Africa that received Jesus as his Savior and the many people that came to Christ, I would remember him, that brother. His name is Clifford. He accepted Jesus and the many others. Oh, what a fellowship. He may go ahead of me, I may go ahead of him. But nothing he possesses and nothing I possess as material things will make it to heaven. But he would and I would. What a blessing. And when that happened, whatever material things God give us, we will use it to honor God. So let's pause on that for a little bit. 
right? Let us learn from Jacob. Whatever material things we have, we will use it to honor God. And let's go back to Genesis. Twenty-two, Genesis twenty-eight, twenty-two, and this stone, which I have set as a pillar. In other words, this is the monument, the secret, the secret place here before you. Shall be God's house, and of all that you give me. In other words, God, when you bless me, as you bless me with material things, I will surely give you a tenth, give a tenth to you. I will tithe the way my grandfather tithed to Melchizedek. God, I will not be careless or reckless with with what you give me. Isn't that something? He had no problems whatsoever because of the full right perspective before. Are you understanding that? Yes. If a child of God is struggling with tithing, rest assured what is happening there is child of God needs to slow down and reflect on what Christ has done. And then tithing will be with joy. And even the blessing of giving to God will be with joy. Just joy in the heart. The Lord says it's more blessing to give than to receive. That's what it is. Everything changes. Material things now become, thank you, God. This is a blessing back to you. That's what it is. Trust the Holy Spirit spoke in our hearts today. Amen? Oh, the, the wonder of God's word, the understanding, how God makes it so clear to us. It's not complicated. Let us pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your death, your burial, and your resurrection. Thank you, Jesus. Indeed, you are the way, the truth, and the life. Thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you, Jesus, for giving us your spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you for calling us. Thank you for giving us a purpose. Thank you, God, for allowing us to experience worshiping you in spirit and in truth. Thank you, God. Lord Jesus, give us what we need so that we can serve you. Protect us, Lord, from excesses where we will be distracted. Bless us with health so that we can serve you. Thank you, Jesus. And bless us, God, to remember what is most important, Father, Lord Jesus, is that you told us that you will never leave us nor forsake us. You, Lord Jesus, you are God Almighty. 
promise that was made to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob fulfilled in you, Lord Jesus, on Calvary's tree. The seed promised Messiah. Thank you, Father. And thank you for purpose to go and tell others that you are Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name we pray and we all say, Amen. Amen. Bless the Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus.